This episode is sponsored by Art Proven. Art Proven is revolutionizing the art industry by creating a robust community where art counterfeits are easily detected, artists' intellectual property rights are tracked and monetized, and a permanent digital record of art identity is created. Art Proven is bringing blockchain technology and the art industry together. Visit artproven.io to learn more. On this episode, we have Yeswa Mateke. Yeswa was born in Japan and came to the U.S. for her MFA at Columbia University. She developed an early interest in materials. Her work centers on the creation of evocative sculptures that grapple with non-controllable forces of nature and serve as a proxy for the human body. She also prints metal corrosion onto handmade paper, the latter of which she learned during an artist-in-residence program in Ghana under famed artist El Anatsui. Gosha, thanks so much for having us here. Um, wanted to ask you, just yeah. if you could share with us, like um, when you were young, growing yes. up in Yokohama, um, what kind of art were you doing then? Did you know from the beginning like you were going to be a sculptor? No, I wasn't. Um, I my interest starts from like a very standard like pop Japanese generation such as like a graphic novel artist. At the same time, I had also interest towards like more astrology. So my um, like dream was to become astrologist at the same time, graphic novel artist, cartoon artist. So I feel that you know, that was my beginning of like just entry to the like kind of design or art, like more aesthetics. That's great. Did you do some graphic novel drawing yourself? Oh yes, I did. Uh, graphic novel, of course, includes some uh, creative writing, uh, creative writing uh, uh, aspect, such as uh, coming up uh, some uh, uh, fiction uh, story. So that uh, my story was always revolving around like a combination of sci-fi and like more like ancient mythological uh, theme. Yeah. Great. When did you first start um, looking at materials and starting to build sculpture? Um, apart from those, uh, my concrete dreams, such as a cartoon artist or scientist, um, independently, my free interest was naturally more drained into like touching the earthy materials such as the soil or sand or natural stones around my you know uh, life available from my everyday life and but at the same at the same time at that time I was not sure that how that was connected to those sculpture and the fine art form so those uh, interest was just separately developed okay so you had a natural interest in materials, natural materials, earth-based, like... Yeah. Coal. Oh, yeah, maybe uh, more industrial materials, such as steel or, like, glass. I wouldn't say that the stone as an industrial material, but, like, kind of uh, quotes or, like, gemstone. That is, you know, more my interest. Yeah. So. To, and to share with us your educational background. Um, I was originally trained as a glass engraver, um, starting from a Japanese craft technical school. At that time, um, I didn't have a clear idea yet uh, how the sculpture came up to my career. So 
my interest was naturally to be expert of one kind of material at that time. And Japanese art education, um, it's sometimes uh, very specific towards each material training. So that unlike Western school institutes that we have very interesting categories such as metal department, wood department, the glass department. What is it? Is it a sculpture or a functional object? It's very ambiguous. But that was uh, like kind of the form of training that we really developed a dialogue with the each material. So then my choice was the glass, which is one of the most tough and uh, complicated uh, characteristics of material. Wow, that's really amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, this was your undergraduate? Um, uh, partly undergraduate, but uh, I didn't complete my BFA. So uh, because uh, I was not, I was not uh, considered my career so deeply when I was high school. At that time, it was still extension of my free interest. As the minute I entered the art college, I immediately realized that uh, somewhat more like a conceptual approach with the dialogue um, dealing with the material, it's more my own things. So then I started to questioning about my uh, like future and then like, you know, with the various reasons that I just uh, drop off my study and then exploring what is like potential of my continuation of like kind of unknown art form. So then uh, those craft uh, training came up to my mind that yet this is not a sculpture, but uh, at least like dealing with the physical material. And then that was my immediate available accessibility as an institutional education at that time. Then I went for that uh, uh, technical training uh, uh, path. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your family. Anybody in your family artists, like your father or mother or uncle or grandfather? Um, my nuclear family, uh, they are not necessarily uh, any of uh, art background, uh, uh, like lifestyle, but uh, yes, in my relatives, for example, my closest uncle who died like when I was uh, um, 15, 15 years old, but uh, I was very influenced by him because he was a graphic novelist, a uh, graphic uh, artist. And um, yes, oh, just uh, hanging around him and I was familiar with uh, those pen, ink and then like physical papers and then how he constructs the narrative through those uh, square grid on the paper and then it was very interesting. And also my cousin is a pianist. And um, I heard that very remote uh, relationship, but uh, there is a film director in the photography uh, industry. So there are like vague uh, those surrounding of the like atmosphere of uh, uh, artistic background. And then my father's side, yeah, they are all carpenters. Okay. So. <laughs> so uh, in carpenter, like strong interest in material in wood. They're very. Yes. And also like pop culture, so all this combination, perhaps. That's, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, so after art college in Japan. Yes. Uh, walk us through between there. I went to um, Columbia MFA. Um, yes, I um, 
My first entry to New York was my former study at Columbia University MFA program. So as I explained that my background was kind of very roundabout uh, by reflecting my ambiguity and uncertainty of what kind of form art is my best suit. So it was always like kind of um, accidental encounter wherever I am in. So, but at some point um, with my career in the glass art field, I started to be aware that uh, uh, I can apply to variety of other physical materials. Uh, it doesn't need to be stick to only one kind, although that one specific training was the benefit that uh, I can apply and get the sense whenever I want to switch around the material that I can see the community and the difference by this comparison that I can shift to um, new materials one or the other immediately. But uh, yes, once I decide to use multiple materials, it means that the answer is final. finally. So then uh, I started to search around to what is the best way me to enter to find out field. So um, yeah, since I didn't have formal study, that was my final decision that finally I need uh, like you know proper study. So then uh, uh, my friends recommend New York is one of the you know, most active place on this planet in terms of the contemporary arts. Let's talk about the materials yes. that you use in your practice. So um, maybe just uh, let's start with wood uh, and your interest in it, your attraction. Why, why do you like it? Why do you like using it? I have had a hard time to deal with the so-called natural material. Although I explained that during my childhood that I was touching all variety of materials around my life, but at some point, maybe as I get uh, uh, you know, grow more, that uh, my some resistance towards organic material was developed strangely, just because they are already living matter. So I had a hard time to find the entry point that how to intervene their being. So it's a very <laughs> strange thing that would, of course, lumber already it's a dead matters, but uh, it's so uh, familiar with us that they are like living matter, like same as my body and my presence, so that somewhat that was a uh, you know, difficulty. So then uh, um, my path went to more like steel or of course glass or resin, which is a uh, more man-made material which was uh, somewhat easier for me to have a dialogue because uh, me as a living mother and they are more uh, synthetic like my made material so that I had a better fitting try to make something neutral statement. So, uh, but the first uh, um, uh, opportunity to be seriously engaged in the wood was uh, my uh, ex my period staying in uh, West Africa, Ghana, as a uh, resident fellow in uh, El Anatsui studio. So I was uh, funded by Japanese uh, Ministry of Education 
that they have a program for young artist fellow to dispatch to all over the world to engage in the research. So I was one of the recipients. So uh, I met uh, Mr. Anatsui like back in uh, 2008 in uh, some uh, uh, outdoor uh, sculpture exhibition called Sonspeak in the Netherlands. So then uh, our like interaction or communication has developed over the years. So then uh, one day I asked him that if I can uh, uh, exploit um, this uh, uh, Japanese government funding to research in your country and uh, research more cultural aesthetics and uh, all these artistic practice in Nigeria or Ghana. And then, so that was the beginning point that I went there. So, of course, once I go there, um, the environment changes and then there is no my familiar like studio practice. So then uh, whatever like uh, available material is uh, the only way that uh, I can sustain my own practice. So wood, or cane, rattan, wicker, and handmade paper was the uh, one of the available materials. And then, yeah, there was no choice. So that, you know, that was the beginning of my engagement in wood. Long to short that you know uh, a lot of local Ghanaian artists helped me um, how to handle the wood curving, how to command the uh, chainsaw, and then I started to work more like outdoor wood sculpture or like cutting very defined like geometric form in wood. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, Natsui is an amazing artist. He does the um, uh, found material, really, the soda bottles, the cans, or the um, the beer bottles. Yes. And he puts those together in a sculpture. There's one of his work in uh, the Broad in Los Angeles. Uh huh. Yeah. There. But your practice isn't really found material. Um, yes. Um, it is not uh, found objects based. However, um, regardless of the identity of picked material, whether raw material or found used object, um, this is not my um, like interest to categorize where their background coming from. So that in my studio, there are mixed pile of storage, whether coming from the straight up factory or found object on the street. So for me, this is just you know uniformly treated as a raw material. I remember that now downstairs you had the marble uh, landscape, the purplish one. Yes. Yeah. So now I remember that. Did you? Yeah, uh, that was you know from a kitchen counter, uh -huh. granite stone. Nice. But uh, the result of my production doesn't uh, identify that uh, previous uh, like. You know, identity often so it's completely uh, fabricated. That's great. Let's talk about metals and um, mm -hmm. you, you document uh, corrosion. And so talk to us oh, about yes. how you document that and the different colors you get and the different materials you're looking at. I think metal has been the longest material I have been, uh, you know, working with. Uh, there are two reasons. One is like. Amongst any of the materials I use, that uh, 
the metal has such an ability that uh, with the you know, strong durability to hold any weight, uh, whatever I create onto them. Like, it's like, a, um, like dancers toe standing, for example, like even skinny skeletal sticks can hold like a big weight. So this is very simple reason that it's so useful and then almighty to handle with uh, any physical form in a freestanding form. So on the other hand, as you say that uh, those uh, surface like transformation is also very drastic from very, you know, rust uh, rusty stage to the polished, like mirror polished stage. So as I uh, touch and interfere them that I can see more immediate um, result, how they can transform their feature on the surface wise. So then uh, I came up with this uh, idea of documenting the corrosion by combining with the uh, fiber work with the handmade paper technique, um, which I learned again in, uh, uh, during my residency in Africa. Um, so fiber work is uh, like, like carrying the strong, longest tradition of the handmade paper making and then hold over the world claim they are the origin, like Europe has long history and of course Asia as well. And the basics are so simple that the fibers are swimming in the water and then we scrape with the screen and then press on the table or like floor. So this such a simple uh, technique, however, there is an interesting hydrogen bond that uh, as the fiber gets dry that they shrink and then they show the different feature. And also I found that they have such an absorbing ability um, from wherever they are pressed onto, means that if I press on the rusty steel or copper uh, metal seat, then they can, those fiber can absorb the process of those corrosion and then transformation of the coloration. So while I am pressing the wet fiber on those uh, rusty uh, junk metal, I generally spray some vinegar and uh, trying to control their changing the color and uh, all this texture. And as humid change or temperature matters, then I can uh, you know, um, abstract those uh, intensity of the different color uh, by the chemical reaction. So then uh, at the end I can, uh, you know, uh, almost like print those corrosion onto the paper. So then uh, I put uh, all my title uh, into this series called like printed oxidation in a fiber relief. That's fantastic. And it creates mm -hmm. such great work. Yeah, I've very been drawn to, to that process mm -hmm. in particular. Um, when we've talked about your sculptures, you talk mm -hmm. about how you think of it from like a, a, a skeleton perspective, like the frame is durable, it stands on its own. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you just describe that, uh, you work to achieve that. Besides the surface treatment and the texture experiment, such as the corrosion to the polished stage, uh, 
another task of my sculpture uh, practice is to be aware with the gravity and then force of the physical uh, earth uh, chemical reaction, for example. Um, so in other words, uh, I have to be very responsible, let the physical matter to stand their own feet on this ground. So no matter how our uh, lifestyle changes now, uh, skip into more digital world, I do Instagram, I do create my own website, so that sometimes my mind trip to those digital platform, but at the same time, uh, as of today, like our body is still standing on this ground, and then I have a burden of my body, so if I don't clean my environment that I get sick, if I don't have roof that uh, I'm going to die, and then our body is very vulnerable. So that I am uh, very interested in this very radical transitional period of today that uh, our mind is flying to the digital platform, like virtual reality. But at the same time, still our body is remaining in this physical world. So that sometimes uh, represents my feature of sculpture that what is durable appears in very fragile. And then um, I am uh, interested in a portrait, this uh, dual contradiction that how I am excited by this uh, virtual reality, but at the same time, like uh, anxiety, how I am losing my somatic sense. And this uh, contradiction is uh, somewhat uh, like uh, unexpected plainable abstract uh, statement that uh, I am uh, turning it, them into um, more like abstract, deformed uh, like aesthetics, whether geometric or linear or organic form that this is my, you know, um, like visual statement. And those of like freestanding form by reconciling with the gravity, it's one of the you know reality where we are at. As I said, that how we are aware of our body, that freestanding form as of today, it's still the truth that we are not flying in the air. So that's why I stick to this uh, representation of uh, freestanding form. So typically, my work, uh, whenever I begin with. Like I try to make the main parts uh, by hanging from the ceiling because I don't want to be bothered by uh, the gravity that uh, I am not, uh, you know, uh, trapped into the reality. How let them to stand? So as if I am drawing free sketch in the air, I just make irresponsible work first, and then gradually, like being aware, like of my responsibility, how let them to stand on the ground. So then it's a backward process that the main parts in the air first, floating in the air, and then I start to make the you know, leg parts at the end. So then afterward, with the intuitive like measurement of those physics, I cut the string from the ceiling, and then if it's standing, and wow, this is like you know, my celebration, like it's a, like tape cut. So this is my usual practice. So, 
um, yes, it's all about like my um, yeah dealing with the framing and physical bone structure in relation to the gravity. Uh, it's you know it is because um, in a way it is it is uh, this it is this struggle with uh, uh, uncontrollable uh, physical force that motivate the drive behind my creative urge. That's correct. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And you do your own welding. I do. Yeah. Um, what other? I mean, just to talk about the process that you do on your own. It's welding. It's yeah. uh, welding. Uh, yeah, welding is a very intuitive process. Uh, it's very quick. So if I have two sticks on my hands that. I can uh, connect and then just break it. It's like an extension of uh, clay modeling. As many uh, clay modeling uh, artists claim that uh, how this is a very intuitive process, they can subtract, add, and do this plus minus work continuously. So welding is also the same way as I do like for the clay. And um, yes, I can... Uh, manipulate the skeletal form especially like um, for me the foundation of uh, bone structure it's uh, so important to determine the 90 percent of success of my work no matter how i add the cosmetics like decoration on the surface at the end covering those uh, bone structure but still this like balance and like physical um, spacing and form is uh, fundamental to my interest, therefore uh, welding is uh, immediate attachment to this uh, uh, practice and then my interest. Great. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell me a little bit about the um, sculptures you do where you're putting uh, natural materials together, yes. synthetic, and you're gluing them and then you're sanding them afterwards? The coral um, and so forth. Yes, uh, those process like um, yes, like mar yeah. I sometimes use those multiple uh, like random material uh, bonding together through the uh, gluing process S by using such as like industrial epoxy or polyurethane and by bonding those uh, uh, several materials. I just grind them, cut them, and the polishing, forcing them to make a uniform surface. So then uh, I can see the yeah, embedded form. So uh, this is uh, like illustration of my interest, how I treat the all uh, material uniformly as raw material. Great. Mm -hmm. um, what has been the most challenging experience for you as an artist? Um, most challenging at the same time, I would say that the most exciting part is that uh, me being an artist is not only dealing with the aesthetics such as uh, color or form. In a way, like any any single activity of my life chore, including very 
mundane accounting or shopping and those things are source of inspiration and then for me it's more exciting uh, uh, trial to what extent I can exploit every single minute converting it into my imagination and inspiration like often uh, friend or artist complain that oh their part-time job and then studio time is so split and then they struggle with uh, managing the you know studio time but yeah realistically it's true that uh, I need studio time to produce actual body of work but at the same time uh, for me whatever those given uh, obligation of my life I would be happy to take the opportunity that how I can manage them as part of my you know, concept building. <laughs> okay. yeah, really um, any other processes that we should talk about? That I didn't process? Mm. Yeah, last time I spoke, uh, I told you with the metaphor of architecture, for example, that when people are excited to building their own home, that uh, most of people tend to talk about the final surface, immediate surface treatments, such as decoration or color texture, which is great, of course. But in fact, my interest is always like, uh, you know, remain in infrastructure such as framing or foundation in the basement or perhaps, you know, like more sewer system or electricity. So those invisible foundation is a very important fundamental uh, element to determine the aesthetics and then uh, unless we have x-ray to see through, we don't uh, know usually, but uh, I as a sculptor trying to see through this uh, transparent, uh, transparent surface and then respect the infrastructure and then foundation. So this also reflects the relationship, how my interests uh, remain in the bone structure and the framing work as a fundamental decision making to determine my sculpture success. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Achieve is recorded at Subtractive in Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.